Clippers podcast off-season edition. Uh, we just wrapped up the sleepies. Hope everybody enjoyed that episode. And we're coming right back into special guest interview style with an active player, the first ever active player on the Sleepers podcast. And take a guess, folks. Is it Brad Davison? Yes, it is. Man. And I'm not, and I'm not just saying this because Brad came on the pod like – for all the people who got preconceived notions of who Brad Davis is, Brad Davis is a great dude. Like, this is a really fun interview. Like, I I think we love Brad Davison. I'll say it. I love Brad Davison. And Brad like, Davison is dope. Not <laughs> Listen, a lot. We, we recorded this. We just wrapped this five minutes ago. This was not – like, we didn't know how this was going to go. You know that we're Michigan, Michigan State fans. We've talked all that we've talked about Wisconsin all season long. Uh, and we don't necessarily shy away from that in this episode. We talk about it. We go through it with him. I almost feel like this was a little bit of a therapy session for us, Cart, because all of whatever our problems were with Wisconsin, whatever the rocky marriage was between the sleepers and Wisconsin, in my mind, might be fixed now. Like Brad Davison is that good of a guy. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna make a habit of this. I mean, y'all can't expect Andre Drummond to be on this podcast anytime soon, but yeah, like this is a great episode. Like we talked, you know, Wisconsin hoops. We talked, you know, the the play in the Big Ten. I mean, we really touched on everything. And, you know, we 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 stay. Hey, just so y'all know, we stayed at where we stand. All right. I was a Spartan dog through and through on this pod. And, you know, G did whatever he did over in Ann Arbor with his team, too. But we stayed strong. But it was still it's still great stuff. Hey, as a as a new employee of SpartanHoops.com, I like <laughs> to think I stayed objective this episode. Uh, I did. I did my best to get a little help from Brad to maybe bring Mr. Franz Wagner back to Ann Arbor. There's my contribution for the Wolverine fans and Spartan fans. We asked for Brad's top five players from opponent teams that he's played in his five years. And uh, it's Spartan heavy is all I'll say. So hope you enjoy it. Give it a listen. Uh, We'll get right into Mr. Davison. And shoot us, if you want specific players, if there's a team, if there's something you want from the sleepers, folks, hit us up because it's off-season mode and we want to get creative. Right. I'll do anything except eating pancakes again. No pancakes. <laughs> no pancakes. All right. Enjoy our interview with Brad Davison. We will be back next week. Yes, sir. Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast with Brad Davison is sponsored by the Locker Room app. The Locker Room app is not like Wisconsin basketball. It is not slow. It is not boring. And there's a lot of talent on the app. Carter, tell us about Locker Room. Man, I've been telling y'all about this goddamn app this whole time. And there are a couple people who came back to me and they're like, eh, I have an Android. Eh, I live in the old days. I don't have an iPhone. It's Android ready now. There are no excuses. Everyone needs to go to the app store. Stop what you're doing. And for free, I'm talking about free, free, not put your credit card info and get charged $10 that you don't even know because you don't cancel the free trial. I'm talking about free, free. And you can talk to sleepers on this app. They had Kendrick Perkins on the app a couple days ago. I mean, I'm trying to think like who else. I mean, Bill Simmons, uh, Kevin O'Connor, they're having all types of people on these apps. And you can just connect with other fans on this app. There's a large Michigan basketball following on the app. There's a large Michigan State following as well. It's just a great app to connect with, you know, porters, people in sports, personalities, and just fans of the game. It's dope and easy to use, and it's free. I really don't know what else you need, but go download the app. It's fire. Get it. 
if you want to talk to basketball players like Brad Davison in person, the locker room app is where you do that, folks. If you want to talk to a former Albion College basketball player, I'd be on the app. So come talk to me. If you want to be like, Greg, shut up. You shouldn't have said that. You can say it right when you hear it. You don't got to wait until the end of the pod episode say it in the YouTube comments. You can just cut Greg off right then and be like, no, no, no. Franz isn't coming back. Get the locker room app. Enjoy it. Enjoy the interview with Brad. First name basis with Brad Davidson. Wow. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right. We got a great guest tonight on the Sleepers podcast. It's our first live still playing college basketball player. I don't know if people, I mean, most people by now should have heard that news already. So I hope I didn't spoil anything here, but We've got Wisconsin Badger guard Brad Davison on the pod. Brad, thank you so much for being here, dude. Excited to be a part of it. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. For no sure. doubt. And, and a shout out to everybody out there who uh, decided to put a bet before Sleepers Media started and saying that our first current player will be a Wisconsin Badger. You can go ahead and cash that check. Uh, but, you know, really <laughs> excited to have you. And, uh, I mean, pretty much – I think anybody who watches college basketball knows who Brad Davidson is. So, you know, if you're not going to call yourself a big deal, you know, we'll do that. But uh, very happy to have you on. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So let's let's get right into the big news of I think it was last week the announcement came out. You're returning to school for a fifth season. Huge news for all Badger fans and for all Big Ten fans. Uh, what went into that decision? I mean, did you know all along that you were going to take advantage of this extra COVID year? Yeah, you know, I'm very excited for the opportunity to play a fifth year and go back to Madison for one final run. Um, you know, I think as soon as the opportunity or the extra year of eligibility, that idea was passed or that rule was passed, it definitely, um, you know, I was really intrigued by it because growing up, I never had any necessarily dreams or desires or my goals weren't to play professionally. It was all to, uh, you know, I wanted to play in the Big Ten and I want to try to compete for conference championships. And so for me, it was kind of like another opportunity to live out my dream. Um, but so I think as soon as the rule was established, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I had a lot of conversations with my coaches and my mentors and other individuals in my life. Um, you know, I decided I want to take two to three weeks after the season and just get away, time to reflect, reconnect with family and loved ones, um, and then make a decision. So really excited to have the opportunity to go back. For sure. So, I mean, I know you see all the craziness that's going on with the transfer portal right now. I mean, there's names in there by the minute, by the day. Everybody's basically taking advantage of kind of this free kind of rain and free to go. I mean, of course, you played, you know, the last four years in Madison and, you know, you're a Badger and all. But, you know, it was was there any type of just, you know, enticing kind of fact, like just something pulling you into the transfer portal? Because, I mean, some guys are really enjoying the whole just being recruited part thing again. So, was the kind of the transfer portal filling up? Did that have any kind of effect on you at all? Right. You know, for me, I wanted to look at all options. You know, I think for a, a typical player in my situation who graduates, um, finishes their undergrad as a senior, you know, there's all sorts of different decisions they have to make on uh, like a fork in the road of where they were, they, what they want to do with their life. Right. Um, so I wanted to make sure I looked at all the options. But when it came down to the transfer portal, I just can't see myself 
playing anywhere else. Um, you know, I, um, you know, Badger's kind of in my heart. It's been ingrained in me the last four years, and I've really enjoyed my time there in the city and my teammates and the coaching staff. Um, so for me, it was never really an option to want to go anywhere else just because I can't, I can't see myself, um, you know, wearing any other jersey. Yeah, you know what? I think we could probably put you in the category of players that it would honestly be kind of strange seeing you in another jersey. Like, <laughs> like it just it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, and, and internally in my heart, I knew that I don't even I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and I don't really want to do it because I'm I'm uh, you know really thankful to be where I'm at, and I really enjoy it. So let's talk more about where you're at. So looking back to last season. There were a couple other guys, similar spots to you. You brought a ton of seniors back. Demetri Trice came back for a fifth season last season. A lot of, I would, I guess I would call it expectations. I think you were top 10 team preseason. Um, I would say you, you backed that up for the most part, top 25 team throughout the year. Um, I know, you know, ups and downs a little bit, not necessarily competing for a conference title last season, like you did the year before, but Definitely in the race. I mean, you, your season comes to an end to the Baylor Bears, the national champions. So I would call that a successful year. But compare, I guess, what you had last season, what that experience was like. Do you think that's going to be similar, be different with you coming back next year going forward with this Badgers roster? Yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be a new look Badgers team next year. You know, whenever you graduate six seniors, um, you know, we have a few guys that are testing the professional waters a couple of guys transferring um it's definitely going to be a new look uh we have a lot of new guys they're gonna get a lot more opportunity that you know badger fans and the rest of the big 10 world hasn't really got this got the chance to see on the actual court um because they've been you know on the practice court the last couple of years or last year um so it's going to be a new look just filled with opportunity but with that being said we have a lot of really great young talent that, um, you know, plays the right ways about the right things, just really wants to win. So, um, you know, from an upperclassman's perspective, that's had quite a bit of experience and played quite a few minutes over my last four years. Um, I'm just really eager and excited to get the opportunity to play with those guys. And, you know, some of my last experiences will be their first experiences and just, you know, try to guide them and lead them and ultimately just, you know, be a great teammate to them throughout that process. Yeah, that's refreshing to hear because I feel like, you know, there's the other side of that that you could take is be like, okay, I just got done playing with a bunch of guys who have been here, know the ropes, know everything else. And then you got to be that old guy or older guy coming back and play with the younger guys who haven't been there. And that can kind of create, you know, like a little bit of, I mean, it, there's, there's going to be growing pains in college basketball, especially playing in the big 10. So it's something that I think you'll be able to kind of just be like, you know, I've been there, you see, I've been there. So that'll be good. Right. That'll be good for them for sure. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, you can look at it different ways, but first I'm wired a little differently is I want to coach someday. Um, so I kind of look at it as an opportunity to, you know, play with new guys, new develop, new relationships, play and our system's going to change a little bit just because we have new pieces. And so I think that, um, you know, change of scenery and just change of lineups and whatnot uh, is a great opportunity for me personally, but also just to be a part of and for our program. So uh, that's why I'm looking forward to it so much. Are you saying that Coach Guard should be looking over his shoulder right now? Or <laughs> No, I'm not going to say that. He's got All the right. job. That's his gig. So you, you just said coaching, but you also talked about, like, evaluating all your options when you before you decided to come back to Wisconsin. As far as immediate next steps, obviously you've got next season in the Big Ten, but are you looking to play professionally? Are you looking to get right into coaching out of basketball, or what do you think uh, the future holds for you? 
you know, I don't want to close any doors, but kind of like I said, I've never really had that goal or desire to play professionally. Um, just because the, the aspects of basketball that I really enjoy is, you know, being a part of a team and trying to win a championship and win as many games as you can in the relationship building aspect of basketball where, you know, professionally, whether you're overseas or the G league or trying to work your way in the NBA, um, you know, from my perspective, my perspective, I haven't played in it, but from what I've heard, you know, it's much more individualized, you know, it's trying to get a contract, trying to work your way up. Um, and you know, those aren't really the aspects of basketball that I love and that I truly enjoy and find value in, which would be more catered towards the coaching aspect of things. Um, but with that being said, you know, a lot can change in a year. So I'm not closing the door on playing professionally or going overseas or trying to work my way in the NBA. Um, but, you know, right now I don't really have those desires and my heart is definitely with coaching. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like it's a business, right? When Once you take that step and there's money involved, obviously there's not money involved at the college level, but the individualism and the selfishness of it's your career settles in. It's not necessarily the team, the team, the team. Um, I guess one thing that I'm curious about, I, I know Jordan Bohannon, okay, he's coming back to Iowa. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that he's been around even longer than you've been around. I think in big 10 ball, maybe the only guy he, in the country. He's, a, he's two whole years old. Everyone's saying that we're similar. Sim he's two whole years old. I just turned 22. <laughs> so I'm kind of a young buck still, right. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm excited. He's coming back. That'd be awesome. So with him, I remember like watching the NCAA tournament with him and both Isaiah livers, who was on the team that I'm rooting for. The, the not NCAA property movement comes out. And I believe Jordan mentioned something about he would return if the NCAA made some changes. I don't know if that ever got resolved or not, but was that something that you were ever a part of or was that on your radar at all? And what are your thoughts on all of that? No, not really. Um, you know, for me personally, um, growing up, like I kind of said, I never had the desire to play professionally and never really had the desire to get played paid playing basketball mm -hmm. I just always was super thankful and wanted to get to the um you know the level where I could play on the biggest stage in college basketball and so for me I I see more um you know I want to take advantage of the platform that I've been given and I, have, I don't really think about the money aspect of things I'm more just you know trying to take advantage of where I'm at and what we are given and the opportunities that are given in front of us um so for me personally I was never really a part of that movement or any of those conversations um so yeah gotcha cool yeah no I, i'm just curious like watching that play out was so interesting to me and it's i mean it's refreshing to hear your perspective and know there are people in the game that are just in it for the love of the game um so <laughs> i i mean i gotta ask and i, I don't know if carter was gonna get to this at some point but you probably expected this question but they're like just from your career there's people who have per perceived you as a villain right or opposing fan bases see that and you see a chippy tough player but then i talk to you on a zoom call right now and you're in it for the love of the game you're like the nicest guy ever like you're just a family man a man of god like do you how do you square that are you like do you play into that role of a villain do you embrace and enjoy that or is that something that's sort of frustrating to be perceived as you know i'll be real with you guys it's, it was a learning curve for me you know, coming in my freshman year, you know, you have a certain reputation, you hold very true to, you know, what you really care what people say about you, the opinions of others. And then, you know, my freshman, sophomore year, I kind of got flipped upside down when, uh, you know, in the media and whatnot. Um, so for me personally, it was a learning curve, but something that I've 
um, you know, over the course of my four years, I feel like I've gotten a better mental grip on, um, you know, it gets to the point where the opinions, I know where my identity lies. And like, as you said, I'm a man of faith, you know, I'm defined by my Lord and Savior and what he says about me. And that's where my true identity lies. And the only opinions that I really care about are my teammates, my coaches, my family and my friends. And so the opinions of, you know, Michigan fans or any other fans in the Big Ten or, you know, whether it's opposing fan bases or the media, whatever it may be, um, you know, for me personally, they're as relevant as I make them and they have as much weight as I give them. So for me, for me personally, I try not to feed into it. I don't try to embrace it. I try to be who I am. You know, I know what, what my heart's, heart's intentions are. You know, for me personally, I just try to go out there and do the best that I can to help my team win. And so let's play as hard as I can. And, uh, you know, people may spin things this way or that way. But, you know, I just try to leave it all out there. And at the end of the day, know that I'm not defined by what other people say about me. But I'm defined, you know, by truths and by the people that, you know, are around me every day. That's good to hear because I literally was telling Greg earlier, I was like, you know, as as basically a non-Wisconsin fans, I feel like some Big Ten fans are somewhat conditioned just to just to not like you. And they don't even know you. They never talk to you, never <laughs> do anything to you. I like go to the Wisconsin roster and I was just kind of looking up some things. I'm like, damn, like Brad's a great person. Look at Brad's on the honor roll. Brad's doing this. Brad's doing mission trips. He gets good grades. He's getting buckets. Like, it's just like. And then I'm talking to you now, and I'm just like, yeah, he's just like a dope person, you know. But uh, I think it's kind of the, the, the media, they'll, they'll push things that they really want to. If they, they got an agenda, they'll agenda it up for sure. Oh, yeah, they'll run with it. They'll run with it. It happens. All right, so One you talk – One of those things you can't control. For sure. So you, you just mentioned, obviously, the other Big Ten fans, and everybody's going to hate on opposing players. But let's talk about – what I think makes the Wisconsin program special, their fan base, and the Cole Center home court advantage, man. What is going on at that Cole Center? Obviously, COVID may have changed things for a year, but, like, why can't people go into that arena and win games against you guys? You know, I think if you look at history, first and foremost is – I know you guys might not admit it, but Wisconsin's had some really good teams over the years. So your home court advantage is always dictated, you know, on how good your team is and how they play and whatnot. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, shout out to our fans. We love it. You know, we sell out. I, it's pretty close. I think we lead um, the Big Ten in attendance most years. Um, but we sell out. It gets loud. Um, you know, they're dedicated. They're very passionate. It's super fun to play in front of. Um so I don't know what it is. My girlfriend actually played at Indiana. And so she always says how cold the Cole Center was. So that made it hard to play. So maybe that's the secret sauce is our hockey team plays there too. So it gets super cold and throws people off. But um, man, I don't, I don't know what it is, but that might be, that might be the secret sauce. Yeah. I have to say, I feel like you guys even had some leftover magic this year because there wasn't any fans in the stands, but it's just the, the, the Cole Center mystique or something. So yeah, well, we let a few teams come in and beat us at home this year that hurt us, but hopefully we'll get our shot at them next year. Hopefully yeah, fans yeah. are back in the stands next year. I think everyone can agree on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I got to bring this up, but, man, Brad, y'all ruined my – I think it was Christmas. I think it was – y'all ruined my Christmas. Uh, just so you know. In like East you, Lansing? Yeah, like I, I woke up. I woke up with my fiance's house, opened some gifts with my parents, after my parents and my in-laws, you know, feeling good. Got a nice little brunch going, sit down in front of the TV, and just had to watch our boys put it on a state, man, at, at the Breslin, too. I was like, damn. 
that was the thing. College basketball on Christmas was going to make or break a lot of Christmases for a lot of people around the Midwest. That's, that's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So you, you just mentioned Wisconsin's had some good teams, whether we want to say it or not. And I'll be honest, we probably haven't said it very much as much as we should have. You've had great players in this program since you've been there before you were there. And I'm sure going forward, they'll continue to get guys in that do things the Badger way and win games. Who from your career has been the most fun person to play with? Man, that's a really good question. There's been a lot of, you know, it's like everyone's fun to play with in their own way. You know, I think that the first thing that I'm going to say is you're not going to expect, you might not even know, but just because when I was a freshman, he was a senior on the team. His name was Aaron Mache, Um, and he didn't play a whole lot. He's more known for Mache Madness. <laughs> Him and his buddy Matt Ferris they did like this thing during March Madness that went viral, um, but he didn't play a whole lot, but he was just kind of the senior that took me under his wing, and you know, when times got rough for the hills and valleys of a season, he was always there, and he's continued to be that, um, you know, that constant support and voice throughout my four years voice of reason that I need sometimes so I'm going to give him the crown of being the most fun to play with but every I mean you talk about guys like my freshman year Ethan Happ you know one of the big time greats just it's just fun watching him do what he did you know to for, for him to score so many points in his career and really all in the lane and people knew what he was going to do and he's still able to do it it was Crazy remarkable unbelievable like and you sat in practice you're like I don't you know what he's gonna do he's still gonna score on you and it was crazy that like Khalil Iverson I guess remember Khalil Iverson oh, yeah. my yep. freshman sophomore year just crazy athlete and uh, so that was so much fun I think Carter you might remember this it was my Big Ten tournament four years ago you guys beat us in the quarterfinals mm-hmm. but I threw him an alley-oop from half court and he like caught it and went in reverse yep oh yeah I do remember that <laughs> And I still don't, to this day, like, I threw a good pass. There was absolutely no reason for him to catch it and, like, cock it and go reverse. <laughs> he just, he, said, he, he just, said, why not? Some, some people can just do that. Me, personally, you won't see me go above the net. But him, like, like that's fun. Like, so, but, like, fun for different reasons. Um, man, so I would say those two guys, for sure, from my younger days. And then, you know, I'm going to get in trouble if I pick any of my guys from my senior class that just graduated. So I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that before I get in trouble. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, look, Mesh Madness, if that was, you know, great teammate impact on you, maybe March Bradness, maybe you become the senior next year for a couple of young guys. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. I had to go there. That's the goal. That's the goal. You, you, All right. You, you can, can never it, resist. You can start it right there. You can never resist a good, like, name in- integration. Like, that, that never can, like, just go past you. You can never let it go. I'm not going to let it slip. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> All right, I got to flip it, though. So while there's been great players at Wisconsin, you just named a ton. How about guys in the Big Ten? Because this has been a little bit of a golden era for Big Ten basketball, in my opinion. I mean, it's always been good. It's always the toughest, deepest conference in the country, in my opinion. But if you had to build, let's say, a starting five of guys that you've played against from your career, who would that be? So nobody from Wisconsin. Let's go nobody from Wisconsin yeah. just to make it fair here. Okay, good. Keep me out of trouble again. <laughs> um, I got the counter going for if you're going to pick more Michigan or Michigan State guys, by the way. Okay, yeah, I know. I got a filter of what I got to remember who I'm talking to here. Um, 
you know, my point guard, Carter's going to like this, but you mind not. It's going to be Cassius. Let's go. Fair. Very fair. Uh, I only beat him one time. I think I played him 37 times. So, <laughs> um, I'll take Cassius at point guard. Two guards hard. This is also a little really look hard. into early Brad Davidson coaching strategy here. Is he going to go small? Are we going like hey, small, go. are we, are we going with small ball? Like, where are we going right here? Well, we got right, well I, the toughest defensive assignment, because I, I was kind of in a unique spot where I've played the one and the two, but kind of guarded one through three. Like, the hardest posit- player was Carson Edwards. And so I'm putting him at my two spot from Purdue. Like, they're – I thought I played a great defensive game. Like, I left. We beat him. And I left. I was like, I played great at the end of the day. And he had, like, 26. It was the most any player scored on me. And I thought I played so well. But he still had 26. That dude that dude just wired the score. So, Carson, that was to be my two guard. Yeah. Cassius, Carson Edwards, then a wing. You're two for two on my favorite Big Ten players from the last five years, by the way. Really? Not there even from go. my team. Good, good. Killers. I think the three spot's the hard one. Um, three spot's hard. The five man. I feel like there's an obvious one I'm missing. Hmm. There's so I'm tired. I'm there's just like so trying to many. think to myself. There's so many good players that have played like over the past four years. It's like really right. tough. The three, four, and five makes it a little tougher. Um, man, if I have too many Michigan State players, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> does 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 Garza make the starting five? Wow, put him on the spot card. I I, I I'm just trying to get the get the juices flowing. I'm going to put Jaron Jackson at the four spot. I'm really liking this team. Spartan fans are going to love this episode. I guess. Yeah. They're going to come away with Jaren a whole new Jackson respect for Brad Davidson. I thought you were going to put Ben Carter there. <laughs> Jaron Jackson at the four, just because he was only a freshman, but he was still dominant. It's hard not to put Luke on that list at the five. That'd be a nice pairing next to Jaron, too. I mean, Jaron yeah. can cover oh. up shot blocking, all that for him. Yeah. That's tough, fellas. But also my five-man who, again, like statistically is not Luca Garza, mm-hmm. but I thought was just, like, just was dominant when we played him was Bruno Fernando at Maryland. That dude was a monster. He was for sure. Like, we – they were beating us at the Cole Center my sophomore year, and he fouled out, and just the completely the whole game changed. It was like, oh, we can we can win now. He's not in the game. There hasn't been many players where you feel like that sometimes. But so Bruno and Luca are like my five, five and a half. That's fair. I'll allow it. We'll allow that. We'll give you a six, man. How about that? We'll give me a six, man. And then my three man. Three man. Well, who do you guys have for your three man? Were you were were you a freshman when Miles Bridges was there as a sophomore? So again, this is who I'm thinking, but I can't have three state players. I mean, I mean the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, thing, is, the cold. thing is, Brad, you can. That, that you team can do was it. Cold. 
I'll admit it. I, that team was cold. They well, so my my last freshman year, my last game at Cole Center, we played against them on our senior night, and I it was probably one of my best games of my career. I played really well. My shoulder popped out, popped it back in, played really well in the second half, and we cut it to like it was Michigan State had to win it to win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. The reason I remember this game so much, Michigan State had to win it to win the Big Ten. But if they lost, Ohio State won the Big Ten. And so Micah Potter, my teammate from this year, who's now my best friend, he always reminds me, he's like, you needed to hit one more three, and I'd be a two-time Big Ten champ. And so he always reminds me. But you look back at that. I always look back at that team like Cassius Winston, Miles Bridges, Josh Lankford, McQuaid, Xavier Tillman, Nick Ward, Jaron Jackson, like killers. Just loaded. Oh man. Loaded. What 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 could hey, you know? The NCAA but... tournament is just a beast, man. You can be the best team in the country and you're not prone to surviving madness when it strikes out of nowhere. That's yeah. why we all love it. Exactly. All right. I'll let that pass, even though there's about four or five maybe future NBA Michigan but, Wolverine wings. Well, that's what I was gonna say is my number two three man who I think I don't know if he's coming back next year. I hope he's not. Would be Wagner. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a stud. Brad, I think I NBA. need you so to, he came back. I need you to slide in Franz's DMs and just tell him all the benefits of coming back for one more year, man. Make the sales pitch. No. Come on, <laughs> please. That would benefit. That wouldn't benefit me as much. There's got to be some give and take in that experience. <laughs> it could be a resume builder if you want to be an agent someday. If the coaching thing doesn't work out, there you go. You got your player's best interest. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. The whole Big Ten does not want Franz back. We we don't. And not not the whole Big Ten. The small little piece. My besides, I'm, besides y'all, of course. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I I love that top five. I'll I'll respect it. So Cash, Carson Edwards, Miles Bridges, uh, Luca Garza, Jaron Jackson, and Bruno Fernando is six man. I respect it. I respect it. That's a good five. Actually, and G, I do got to ask. I know we talked about it already, but uh, Brad, can you talk about that game against Baylor a little bit? Because, I mean, as casual, you know, I'm not, not casual, but as fans of the game watching Baylor, like playing against playing against those guards seems like hell. Like Davion Mitchell's hands seem just absolutely crazy on defense. And even Jared Butler on defense is very good. Vital switch and everything. Uh, what was it like playing that Baylor team? Well, absolutely. You know, I think one thing, obviously, defensively for us, you're playing against a team that has three All-American guards. And so I think the thing that makes them so tough is most teams, you know, they have two, maybe three, like, defenders that can really, you know, sit down and have experience and lock, somewhat contain them. But not a lot of teams that are, like, at this level has three guards on the floor at all times that can, you know, really – man-to-man like sit down and contain them but then you what really killed us with Baylor was their foreman off the bench who then came in and they started just running the game through him I'm trying to remember you know the big white guy with the mullet I'm, yeah, I, don't, Mayor. I, don't, I don't remember his name but he Mayor, killed yeah. us so like just the fact that they had they didn't run anything crazy but offensively they just had so many guys that they they don't really run plays they just make plays and they're big men, you know, they're, they go out there and they have no desire to score, but just to get an offense rebound and then kick it back out to their, their guys that are going to go make more plays. Um, so defensively, they're just so tough to guard because they have so many options and it's, you know, it's discipline, but it's not really structured. So you can't really scout it. It just comes down to, 
you know, you got to stop them one-on-one from making plays. And when they're shooting, they're all shooting the ball at 40, 45% to three, that's tough. Um, right. And then, you know, defensively, you know, they just try to speed you up. They try to take you out of what you do offensively. And for us, you know, at Wisconsin, we, we try to slow down the pace and play our tempo, which is why I think we were, you know, we were the most competitive game they had in the NCAA tournament because of that conflict of styles. Um, but, you know, not many teams, you know, play like we do. So then they get to play other teams then. So they tournament and you're just not going to be able to make the plays at the, um, you know, at the caliber that Baylor makes plays with how talented those guards were. Yeah, teams could have definitely took notes from you because uh, Gonzaga tried to run with Baylor and that ended badly. Badly, quickly. <laughs> quickly. Very quickly. Quickly. Hey, lesser Big Ten programs have hung banners for smaller things than uh, a 13-point loss against or against okay, Baylor. Don't so. do it. Don't, not, <laughs> there's there's here we a go. few that wanted to claim a couple championships this year. Hey, 13, but you, we both know it was five to eight the whole second half. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Man. I, I actually, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Going into that game, I think Carter and I both picked North Carolina in the first game. We were surprised to see you guys make the second round. And we're both, uh-huh. you know, we're little gamblers. We're not going to lie. We're little gamblers. And I believe both of us had money on that not being a close game. So when it was cut to five in the second half, I'm texting Carter freaking out like, this man Brad Davison's really going to do this to us again. That's, I was like, I was like, damn, I did not predict the Brad Davison 30 ball. And then you were out there strumming the air guitar. Like you were, how does that, fe- how did that feel? I know that felt good. Oh, that was awesome. You know, it's one of those games where, everything you put up you just kind of have a feeling it's going to go in um and you get you get the confidence rolling and you know the ball's in your hands and you're just trying to do it's one of those games where you kind of forget what's going on you're just trying to win and then you look up at the end and you realize that you have you know 29 30 points um but that was that was awesome you know obviously for us not having the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament the year before and having a really good year winning the Big Ten going to be a top seed um, so it was a long time coming to get back to the NCAA tournament. So to get that uh, win meant a lot for not only us as individuals, but the program. For sure. Yeah, redemption. I mean, I, I think a lot of teams, especially in East Lansing, Carter's team, Cassius Winston senior day, the last time you see that team play, feel a little robbed mm-hmm. going into the NCAA tournament. So I think for you guys to be able to come back and sort of avenge that with a blowout win in the first round was uh, was honestly cool to see, even though I'm not a Badger fan at all. I give you guys credit. I'm honestly, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've made fun of the fact that there's always these seniors, Wisconsin, that's what they do. But, man, I'm going to miss watching some of you guys next year. I mean, Reavers, Potter, like that was a tough front court, man. Demetric Trice, dude, I loved watching for all five years. So, um I mean, that's that's going to be a team that I'm going to miss watching for sure and enjoyed for the last four years. So take that for what it's worth. But there's probably the nicest <laughs> hey, team that I've ever we'll, seen in uh, Wisconsin. We'll take what we can get. It's hard to get support, you know, from that from that state, Michigan State. Hey, all the time. hey Brad, I'll let you know right now, speaking from the Michigan State fan base, we look at anything we can to take a little jab at Wisconsin every now and then. <laughs> I mean – this past year, it was the fact that you guys are like one of the oldest teams in college basketball. Like that was right. That was kind of thing, you know. I, you know, you guys take lots of naps. You know, all the old jokes will fly. Right, out, right. That type of stuff, you know. That's what makes it fun, honestly. Like that's why another reason why I came back. Like I don't think it gets any better than college basketball, and that's why you know because of the support and the 
the passionate, the passion behind the support of all the fan bases, which is why, you know, first I just really want fans to be back in the stands. Yes, because we have a great home court advantage at the Cole Center, but also because of all the, you know, the love you get at, um, you know, at Breslin Center or at Michigan or going to Mackey. Like, that's personally what I think it's all about. And so I think, like, um, just having the opportunity to get those jabs and to, like, hear the boos and what everything that comes with the road game, like, my, my hands are folding and fingers, fingers are crossed that we all get to experience that again this year. Amen yeah, to that, man. Basketball fans on the same page for that one for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's refreshing to talk to someone on the player side who really, I think, loves the game as much as Carter and I do just from a fan <laughs> perspective. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really dope, man. You know, there's a lot of guys that you'll hear just kind of be there. And they're, they're out to play and they love the game of basketball, but they definitely don't love college basketball. And that's, that's something that's awesome to see. And I have a new respect for you, no doubt for uh, just knowing that that's your mindset. So I got to ask you're going last question for me. You're going on the senior fifth year final tour next year. Have you thought about doing any of the, the like NBA retirement tour concepts? You're going to be doing Jersey swaps or anything after the game? (laughs) The only thing I'll be doing is I'll be shaking the other coach's hand just to say, like, thank you for the competition and for the camaraderie, like, over the past four or five years because, one, because I think it's been awesome and, like, because I, I think it's been awesome just the interactions that we've had and the battles we've had, but also, too, because of, you know, also I want to get into coaching. So the networking and connections that will come from that. Um, but no, you won't see me swapping jerseys or leaving shoes on. on a, I'm not doing any of that. I just play the game. <laughs> Always networking. I love that. Yeah, I got to keep the mindset. I love it. All right. Well, I wish you the best in your future. Definitely next year with the Badgers. But even beyond that, whether that ends up in coaching, whether that ends up playing professionally, whether that ends up somewhere else, maybe the finance world, who knows where you end up. <laughs> I wish you the best, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Brad. It's going to be a, a pleasure watching you next year. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. God bless. Appreciate it, Brad. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.